Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're looking for an online sportsbook with fast payouts and an easy-to-use interface? Look no further than mybookie.ag. Payouts in only two business days, the best customer service out there, the best odds, and even live betting. Go take a look at mybookie.ag, and once you figure out that it's the best, sign up with promo code WCE50 for a 50% deposit bonus. That's mybookie.ag, promo code WCE50. I'm Gary Seegers. Catch me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And I'm Chris Giannini. Follow me at ChrisBGiannini. And this is the Winning Cures Everything podcast from winningcureseverything.com. Before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it. We cannot stress how important those reviews are for iTunes rankings, so help us out. Those of us who love this sport live for nights like this. You are looking live at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40. 40 years. How about that? So here is fourth down. Can you believe it? It's picked up by Michigan State's Jalen Watts Jackson, and he scores on the last play of the game. Are you kidding me? Honey Badger don't care. This is Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything, number 168. It is the big game, not Friday preview show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. Let's go on and start this off not talking about games. All right. right. So I, I told everybody I would get into some of this Ole Miss stuff, right? So safety Deontay Anderson, who is voluntarily redshirting this year because... It, there was an injury, and he might have been able to come back, but it, he didn't want to play in this year that there's you know no bowl game and all that. He wanted to save his eligibility. He was told that Ole Miss would be fine when he was recruited. Well, he has hired attorney Tom Mars, famous from the the Houston Nut case. He hired him, and they they have not filed a lawsuit as of yet, but they have put in a transfer request, and he wants it to be open to everywhere. SEC schools included. Which you know how I feel about that. I think every transfer should be everywhere. If you don't want a kid, they should be able to go wherever they want. Exactly. these schools that get to block off like 40 places where you can't play is just total garbage. Yeah, it's jacked up. I I agree with you. But here's the thing. Ole Miss can block places off. If they block places, then they will have an issue because they will file a lawsuit against Ole Miss – and this all depends on what the NCAA does because this is happening before the NCAA hands down their sanctions, right? So all of this stuff is going on, and Tom Mars being involved in this makes this a, a bigger deal than than anybody would have paid attention to beforehand. So so on Monday night, I talked to Tom Mars, and I asked him, you know, hey, like if you go and look at some of these Ole Miss message boards, they all believe that you are – conspiring with Steve Robertson from jeanspage.com, one of our buddies, 
they believe that you were colluding with Mississippi State. That Mississippi State is paying your your attorney bills. All this kind of stuff. Um, that that you're doing this only to take down Ole Miss. And that could not be further from the truth. The the fact of the matter is, when the Houston nutcase was settled, Ole Miss came out and admitted that they lied to the media about the NCAA stuff. Point blank. And when they admitted that they lied, the kids that were in that 2016 recruiting class realized, holy crap, we got lied to. Like, we were told that everything was going to be fine. It's not. So, I want out of here. Like, the coach that I came to play for isn't here anymore. The stuff that I thought I could accomplish here, you're going to have to let these kids transfer. Otherwise, you're going to end up having all of this crap go on, right? You're going to have the lawsuits of, you cost me my shot at the NFL. You're going to have, and, and granted, there may not be a way to prove any of that, but you can have lawsuits keeping you in court for 10 years, however long it takes, and they'll be fighting forever. So I asked Tom Mars about this, right, about the collusion and about the conspiring and all that. And Tom gave me a quote. And, the, I mean, this statement, it's a little long, but it's it's so worth it because I, I just had to get this out over the air. He sent back, and I, I asked him several times if he really wanted me to put this out there just so that we're clear on this. He said, the people who are posting messages saying or suggesting that I'm part of some conspiracy with Steve Robertson or the NCAA or that I'm being paid by outside interests need to get a grip on reality. Those assertions are totally false. While that kind of nonsense being posted on message boards doesn't bother me at all, I'm starting to feel sorry for these people. Someone needs to tell them, and I'd be glad to, that they'd be mortified if they knew just how delusional they sound to level-headed people when they embrace these crazy conspiracy theories. This is where it got me. What's more, nobody outside of Oxford cares enough about Ole Miss football to spend one minute being part of a conspiracy to hurt the school or its football program. If these fanatic Ole Miss fans are not happy about all the recent challenges facing the football program, I would suggest they take a cold, hard look at how the Ole Miss leadership brought this on themselves. If they need to blame someone in order to feel better about themselves, that would be the rational place to start. Thoughts, Chris? Uh, pretty, pretty uh, point pointed. Just uh, told him how he felt. It's it's an interesting thing. We have talked about this quite a bit on the podcast. You are a part of one of the country's greatest rivalries in the Iron Bowl, Auburn, Alabama. Super yeah. hate it. You have other famous rivalries. Look, it, there the rivalries. There are a lot of rivalries there that school, have hate. There are schools that hate Clemson each other. and South Carolina hate, hate each other. There's, Ohio State, Michigan hate right. each other. Like Mississippi State, and Ole Miss hate each other. But I've never seen anything. like It's this. never been this toxic. It's never been this volatile. Would you tell now? While I agree with 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 Mr. Mars that that I don't. I think it's pretty far fetched that a bunch of boosters from one school would hire an attorney, you know, several states away to just, or I guess just a little state away, to to try to come at a school. I just find this really strange. That, that, that people would even think this. Like, this why, connection why not get made, mad at the people that are actually, like, responsible for this? That caused the NCAA investigation and all of this ruckus for the last several years. Like, forget Hugh Freeze. Let's talk about Ross Bjork. Why is you nobody I, mad at Ross Bjork? I don't understand I've had this. this conversation. Ross would have been fired 
December 1 of last year, if I was the chancellor and I was at the school, I would have dropped him off a bridge. Well, and, and immediately, as soon as, because I felt like they had cause right when they had to settle the lawsuit with Mars. See, like, I, it, I, I understand how legal stuff happens, and I don't know that they would have had cause. Making a mistake in your job is not always a fireable offense. I mean, is it really just a mistake, or is it like a purposeful... Oh, no, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, people lie all the time in corporate business, I mean, and that's not against God. the law, and it, man. I you mean, can't sue somebody for it. There's proof I, of, I agree. of him lying I agree, and media. it's bad, but I still think he would have won any lawsuit against Ole Miss to make sure they pay him his contract. I actually do think he's going to get fired, and I think they are waiting for the COI to come out so they can fire him for calls. You think they should have had calls a couple of weeks ago? I I, I just don't know if I agree with that because I think they would have had a battle. I think they would have had another lawsuit on their hands. But now let's get into this case. Do we think that boosters from Mississippi State and Steve Robertson is paying Tom Mars and colluding with Tom Mars? No. I, I neither you nor I think that. We've talked to both of them. They you know, they don't they don't think that way. I think Tom Mars needed to find out who were the reporters in the state of Mississippi. Because well, I have the all these phone numbers, and I want to know which one of these are reporters. I don't care anything about David hookers. Brandt. I don't care anything like, about David well, Brandt. No, no, no. He, he, he got Steve Robertson to go through these phone numbers. Because to, ver- it's a, to verify well, no, it was, who's reporters. Well, not only that, but also because, man, there were a lot of logs there. So he, he got another set of eyes on it. He was told Steve Robertson is the one that's been investigating this case. That's right. Here's what's up. So he hit up Steve Robertson. The deal here is... As far as Steve Robertson goes, Mars hit him up. It wasn't the other way around. The way that this case goes down with Deontay Anderson, Deontay Anderson hit him up. Yeah. The reason his, he hit him up is because... His family, his people contacted Mars. Right, because they felt like they were lied to. Yes. And the person that proved that they were lied to was Mars. That's it. Mars didn't go to Ole Miss football players and say, hey, I'm available. Yeah. And so you go to the person that found the original evidence and say, hey, would you represent me? I'd like out. Yeah, bottom line. I think I think that's pretty simple. I think normal level-headed lo- and look, logical I, I thinking this, people would think that way. I, I'm, I'm going to continue the article. this for a little. Okay, let, go ahead. Let me, I put this in the article, and I, I feel like because this is an NCAA institution. They are going to file for a waiver for him to play immediately wherever he goes, like without sitting out a year. Because the way that it works now, because he redshirted this year, if he goes and transfers somewhere else, so it, the, I, you and I have talked about this off the air. If he, if if uh, kids from the 2016 class want to transfer out, if they don't give them a second year bowl ban, or or even if it is a second year bowl ban, but it's not further than that, the only people that would be allowed to transfer and play immediately would be rising seniors, right? Because if you have any eligibility left at the school after the bowl ban, you don't get to go. That's just an NCAA precedent. That's how it's been. I, I don't agree with it, but that's how it's been set, right? If the With the NCAA, you are either going to have to give them a longer bowl ban or you are going to have to allow all of these kids to transfer without penalty. Otherwise, they have to give up a year of eligibility, or at least this kid does. And any other one that has sat out or anything like that, they have to give up an entire year of being able to play. Not not just like sitting out a year, but like an entire year of eligibility. Yeah, they lose a year. This it, this so, is something so that, the NCAA like they have to give two or three like an, an extra two years. Yeah. 
just so that they can let sophomores or rising juniors transfer and play immediately without breaking precedent. Now, would they break precedent? They're, they, they, they possibly. That's my thought process, and, and I, I don't think they're going to do it. This is this whole case, this whole thing has done nothing but fuel my fire of hatred for the NCAA. I just think this is absolutely obscene. Like you have, there are easy solutions for. I think first things first. I think what Ole Miss did, and the very basis of getting in trouble for quote unquote cheating, is petty at best, a bad attempt at trying to be good, and and I think it's juvenile and pointless. Some guy got a free hunting trip, and some other dudes got some like gym gear, some 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 sweatpants and whatnot. Okay, this is stupid. This is dumb, and I hate it. Now, aside from that, the fact the NCAA says, well, we're not going to let everybody transfer. If we give them a two-year bowl ban, we're only going to let seniors transfer because they're the only ones that are truly affected by the bowl ban. No, everybody is affected by the dang bowl ban. And the NCAA needs to get off their high horse and just make this thing open to where if you get open transmissions where you can transfer – then, then they should be able to transfer anywhere and they should be able to transfer immediately without losing anything. Coaches can do whatever the hell they want. They can come and go like it's a revolving door and no one holds them to any standard whatsoever. But you ask a 17 or 18-year-old kid to sign a four-year contract and by damn, they have to hold to it or their life is over. And I think that's obscene. We throw a word on the word offensive in this country way too much and it's lost all its poise I find the arrogance of the NCAA offensive when they ask 17 and 18 year old players to make a commitment to somebody and they have to hold it or their life is over their scholarship is over their playing time is over their eligibility is over everything that they want to do in college is gone Yeah, but a coach you can sign whatever you want and put it in the shredder in 10 minutes and all they got to do is stroke a check and they're out yeah i i have problems with these institutions acting like they are some merciless god over everybody and and that's that's why i hate all this does is make me hate the ncaa even more i agree with I, I think okay now let's let's handle the case here because you're gonna talk about tomorrow you're gonna write about a, a an email that came in I think Ole Miss, like everybody else, has fanatical fans that are delusional and that are crazy. Everybody so, does. Everybody does. We've, yeah. we've had this conversation. Every school's got them. They're all bad. They they make us all normal people. We we want to push them off a bridge. Okay. Clay Travis always talks about the uh, the fifteen percent, which yeah. is the fifteen percent of Alabama fans that actually went to the school. Yeah. The other eighty five percent are the ones that make uh, the rest of us look awful. You yeah. know. And I didn't go to Alabama, but. The rest of my family did. You've got family that I, did. I get it. I, I get it. I stayed it. home. I had, could, a, I had a kid. Well, you so. could do. Well, you could do math too. Okay. I mean, yeah. I'm a huge LSU fan. I wanted to go to LSU. It was going to cost me eighteen thousand dollars. I've gone over this a year. Yeah. Ole Miss cost me six. I'm not an idiot, and I didn't come for money. I, and I wasn't. I damn sure wasn't smart enough to get scholarships. Yeah. So it wasn't an option of oh, you didn't go. To, how can you be an LSU fan? But you went to Ole Miss. That's stupid. Don't yeah. I, because I can do math. Exactly. Because I'm not a complete Neanderthal. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. But I, I that's feel, neither here nor there. I feel like 
a lot of these Ole Miss fans are stuck in this place where they cannot win. They're waiting for this to end, and it's dragging on forever. And and one of your solutions was, as well, if the NCAA doesn't want to break precedent, they just need to extend the bowl ban longer. So now you're asking students and players and coaches that had nothing to do with this problem oh, I understand. To, to suffer a longer consequence just to benefit these kids. No, break your dumb rule that's a bad rule. I can get along with that. If they want to do that, then that's yes. fine. If they don't want to break precedent, then this is the other way to avoid lawsuits. But at that, at that point, it's not old Mrs. fault. It's now the NCAA's fault. you got a bad rule. Yeah. you got a bad rule, and if I was Thomas Mars and I was his player, I would file a lawsuit against the NCAA as well. That's what I'm saying. Because it's their law. It's their rule that they pulled out of thin air and somebody just created this one day out of nowhere and and all of a sudden now it's precedent and we have to do it this way forever oh i would you bet your butt i would have a lawsuit going on in indiana also it wouldn't just be in mississippi no i I agree with you i agree the the other part of this article that i wrote i went and did some research on the uh on the 2016 recruiting class look of the 23 players that that have eligibility remaining that that came from high schools right so because you had some junior college kids that you know it, yeah. it, it, it is what it is this yeah, is their you. senior year they're done um of the 23 kids that signed with them only six came from high schools in mississippi so that means you sold a bunch of kids from out of state to come here five from texas four from georgia three from florida two from tennessee one from massachusetts one from illinois one from alabama that's the breakdown yeah that that's pretty intense. Look, it, by contrast, look in two thousand one, the year before Alabama found out their NCAA fate when Dennis Franchoni was there and all that mess. Twelve of twenty kids that signed with Alabama that year were actually from the state of Alabama. Now the, Alabama didn't find out until two thousand two, but everybody knew something was coming. That's right. At Ole Miss, they told everybody nothing was coming. That's right. Like that's the, the, that's not good. The bad guys in all of this are twofold. They're Hugh Freeze, who isn't there anymore, but his shadow is going to loom until this is all over with, and Ross Bjork. Those are the bad guys. The other bad guys are the NCAA. The problem is, is there are no heroes. Yeah. And in, 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 in any situation, you're looking for a hero, and it's really hard to find one in this. There's not one. I mean, everybody looks bad in this. Like, it's not, you know... Tom Mars is doing what he was hired to do. He's doing what he's hired to do, and he's going to do that. He's he's, he's good at his job, and he's going to do what he's supposed to do. An attorney's job is to represent his client. If he gets hired by somebody— And his client's needs. Yes. I've got—I have friends. I have personal family friends that are big time. I mean, big boys, if I said their names, everybody in the country, no matter where you're at, has heard of cases they've done that get murderers, bad dudes off. Okay? Yeah. It's their job and responsibility. I once sat down and asked them, how do you do this? How do you sleep at night? And his response, very, very honest, very respectful conversation. And the answer I got was, is if the state does their job, I cannot win. But if the state does a bad job, it's my responsibility to correct them on their bad job. And then every four months, he goes on a like a 10, 12 day sabbatical where he goes to a cabin in the middle of nowhere without his wife, without his family. And he just is alone with himself and God and just tries to understand he he's not doing anything corrupt or immoral, but it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. 
so being an attorney is not always fun. It's very rarely glamorous. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm not making Thomas the hero, but he's not the victim either. He's just a player in this. There, I can't find any. And and I will assure you, the NCAA are not heroes. Okay. No. These are the dirty cops that, that bully people around that can't defend themselves. Right. So we hate them, too. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the truth. That's the way it goes. There are no winners in this. No. And it sucks because I hate having people that I've been friends with for a long time think that I am just out to get them. The truth is nobody in the state of Mississippi is covering this story. Like and it, and it's a long story. That's it. I mean, it's it's not just the NCAA stuff. It's also all the attorney stuff and the legal suits and all it's, this crap. It's all a part of it. Nobody really wants to talk about it, and and it we is, know why. We yeah. understand the game, but we're not connected to any of those people that financially back those that are supposed to be covering it, and so we do. Yeah, and we, we and, are completely independent. And if nobody else wants to cover this, then by God, we're close enough to it. To where I, we can get some information and actually put it out there. And you know that you and I have had these conversations in the past. I've, I've harped on you real hard about just try to be down the middle. Make sure you stay down the middle. Because the problem is, is we're getting a lot of information from one side that makes the other side look bad. If the, the other, other side, side would give us any information that would help them look good, that when we try to vet it is not found out to be untrue, then we would put it out there. But we refuse to do that. Everything that we have gotten from the other side has been wrong. We 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 a little, and it's not. We spend hours vetting because you spend hours vetting these other things. We spend minutes vetting. You're like, yeah, that didn't happen. Okay, I can't put that out there, and and we just move on. Yeah. So I, it, I sit up nights trying to figure this out, finding a way to make it not seem so one-sided. How can we talk positive about the other side? Because when you're so one-sided, you, I feel I feel like we're caught in this war of somebody's MSNBC and somebody's Fox News, and, and one of us is ours, and one of us is D's, and we hate the other one. Man, that is what this rivalry has become, and it's what the state's become, and, and we're really trying not to do that. If you're an Ole Miss booster and you're a fan, and you have real honest evidence or information that would make Ole Miss look better in this, come get us. Yeah, help me out. Like, we, I, I promise we'll I'll write there. about it. But don't get your feelings hurt if we show you how some of the evidence we've been getting is just false. Yeah. It's just false. Or it won't hold up to scrutiny. Yeah. That's the difference is, is if it's hearsay, it, then it's hard. We've gone 20 minutes in this, and we haven't even started the You want to talk let's, some big Because this is, this hold is on. Thanksgiving week. Let's go on and talk about Thanksgiving night. Let's go on and talk about the Egg Bowl. Okay. Look, Ole Miss is a 16-point underdog in Starkville. God, I wanted to take them as one of my best bets. But, look, I look at it this way. Like, Texas A&M kind of showed the blueprint in the second half. And and teams that, that Ole Miss has played well against – are not teams that can run the football oh, and no, stop the right. run. No, you're right. You're and exactly if right. you don't think that Mississippi State's going to be fired up for this game, like, look, we saw what happened when State had a down game against UMass. They were getting ready for the next week because they came out and gave Alabama everything they wanted. Correct. It's, I think it's kind of the same thing here, right? Like, and we're not picking against the spread. We're not no. even picking this game. But I find I, – I just don't see many places where I feel good about taking Ole Miss to win this game. No, my only thought process is this. I have watched all year, and while they don't have the dudes, they don't have the the 
players to strap it up to compete in this game, I don't think. They have played insanely hard for Matt Luke. Yeah, they have. I mean, they really have. And and I'll tell you, one of the best guys coming out of this is Matt Luke. And if he 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 could get the job for one more year as they wait out the the second bowl band before they make a big hire, if they don't and they hire a big boy coach to come in and take this program over and try to start fixing it immediately, I would encourage that guy to take Matt Luke and his family to dinner and say, we got to find a way to keep you on staff. You cannot see this as a demotion. You cannot see this as the step backwards. Like we'll make you the associate yeah, head coach. Yeah, we can, whatever and, we and need to do. You'll still stay on offensive line. these kids fight for you, and I need somebody on my staff that, A, has not done anything wrong, and, B, loves Ole Miss and will fight for this program. The only other side of that is if you are bringing in a new guy – and look, I like Matt Luke. Like I would love to see him stay there because he seems like the clean one. He he seems but, like such a good dude. But he was there when all that stuff was going on. And if you were wanting to just wipe uh, the slate, clean, how long was he there for? He was there for the entire Hugh Freeze. For tenure. some reason, I thought he didn't get there that long. No, he's, you're right. He's I, been there for the whole. I thing. like him and I like what he's doing. But no, that changes. That totally changes the, if, the if heartfelt you wipe, thing I had. No, you have to. You have to wipe the slate. Yeah, it doesn't mean that he was involved in any of this. I'm telling you, the guy that does the laundry for Ole Miss cannot be – he can't be back. Whoever paints the field, no. Everybody who had anything to do with football, the girl that answers the phone in the office, cannot be back. Yeah. Everybody has to go. You feeling Mississippi State? Oh, yeah, I think they're going to win the game. Do I we, just want Ole Miss to fight. I want them to keep fighting like hell. Do we want to talk? Do we want to talk the biggest games of the weekend first, and then move into like SEC games, and then just kind of interesting games? No, we've given them like twenty minutes of crap. Let's keep giving them another ten minutes of crap and give them something good at the end. <laughs> it's like dessert. You gotta right. wait for it. Friday, one thirty p.m. on CBS, Missouri at Arkansas. Missouri's an eleven point favorite. Do do the Hogs uh, make one last stand for Brett Bielema? I think they made this stand last week. I think they did, and they still lost and the they game. They still lost the game. So, it, I mean, they had it in the rain. They were up 21-14 to 14 in the fourth quarter. And outplayed Mississippi State. No question. Yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. They outplayed Mississippi State. And still lost. Probably deserved to win that game. Still lost. Probably so. <laughs> uh, so, you, you think Missouri's probably, probably blown out, you think? I don't know if I feel that way. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting. I'm not touching it. I know you like Miss, Missouri score 40. I love you Missouri like right huge. now. Oh, my God. I love Missouri. And, and the numbers back you up. I mean, they are playing great. But, I, man, I just always feel like I've seen too many of these games where a coach is done after that game. But the, the seniors there played for that guy for four years, and they're going to give it all they got. The juniors have played their whole career under him, and they're going to give it all they got. Yeah, okay. And we're going to see guys that we don't know their name and we haven't seen them play a whole lot, and they're going to come out and they're going to make plays because that's their dude. You think Missouri still wins, though? Yeah. If I had to pick the game, <laughs> I'm picking Missouri to win. All right, Georgia at Georgia Tech, 11 a.m. Saturday on ABC. Look, if Georgia Tech wins this game, this throws everything up in the air. I really wanted to take another I really wanted to take Georgia Tech yesterday in the picks. Man, I wanted to take Georgia Tech in the picks. Georgia Tech is five and five. I know they lost a game against Central Florida, that and not lost the game, but like the game didn't happen because of Hurricane Irma. Correct. So Georgia Tech needs this to go bowling. 
Really, I mean, unless they get granted a waiver. Well, against the <clears throat> against now they could get that waiver yeah. because there are a a gazillion bowl games, and they've got the academics to get the waiver. Yes, because the waiver is always going to go to the smart kids. Yeah, I'm going to tell. So, what do you think of this game? You think Georgia Tech has played everybody close, everybody good? That option has given people problems, and Georgia could not stop the run against Auburn. Well, now can they stop the run against these guys? Uh, yes, because they they've stopped the run against everybody else. Auburn was just a different beast because that that thing, like, look, it, that snowballed on them, right? So like it was pretty close early, and then mistake after mistake was made by Georgia, and it just cost them, right? And Auburn runs a different kind of thing than Georgia Tech does, but Georgia Tech's thing is really difficult to stop anyway. It, but I feel like if you're going to beat Georgia, you got to be able to hit some passes. And Auburn was able to hit passes to get safeties up off the line. Well, Georgia, et cetera, et cetera. Georgia Tech doesn't do that. They kick field goals and they run the ball, and you get two possessions in a quarter. I don't. And if like, you can't score touchdowns in those two possessions, you don't get to touch the ball again. I don't like how Georgia Tech looked last week. You know, like they they went and and pretty much got demolished at Duke. Because Duke beat them 43-20, to 20, and Duke yes, is not that good. No, they started the season great, and then they kind of fell off. Then they finished real good. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to tell. But but the week before that, I mean, Georgia Tech beat Virginia Tech. So, like, what is which team is going to show up here? Now they're playing at home in Atlanta. You know they're going to be fired up. Going to be fired up for that game. I still think Georgia wins the game. I don't think it's – look – Every game it's in this 11, rivalry, it's eleven a.m. game. Yeah, every game in this rivalry for like the last four years has been a one possession game. That's why, I like, I think I'm probably going to make money, bet money. Not, I might make it, bet money on Georgia Tech. What's the line on this? It's double digits. Is it? Yeah. I mean, that's it. It's been a one possession game for four years straight. Go on to the next game, and I'll start looking at the line. Florida State at Florida, eleven a.m. on ESPN. A lot of eleven a.m. games. I, I, I mean. Look, I'll, I'll go on and say this. I think Florida State is probably still the better team here. I think they've played the more difficult schedule. So they had some games against teams that, that were pretty pretty good. Florida, I don't think, has, has shown me anything. I think the game against UAB last week was just a complete talent gap game. And I, I think the only issue I could see here is, one, the game is in Gainesville. Two, um, Florida State, like, if they're hearing all this stuff about Jimbo, like, does Jimbo forget, even... Forget about that. You, We know this about coaching. A head coach cannot coach by himself. And we got fights going on in the locker room. We got coordinators and head other assistant coaches that hate each other and not working well together. I, all right, I'm just going to put this out here. I'm taking Florida to ruin Florida State's ability to go bowling. And they're going to have to play... A bunk game next week against, with no chance to go to a against bowl game. nobody. There'll be less than a thousand people in the stands, probably so, and it's going to be hilarious. Louisville at Kentucky, eleven a.m. SEC Network. Louisville's <laughs> offense has been rolling here lately. Yes, sir. and Kentucky hadn't looked awful. I mean, they no looked, Kentucky put up forty against somebody. Uh, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt a couple weeks ago. Yeah, hey, but Vanderbilt's kind of awful. Hey, that Georgia Tech number is eleven. Eleven, hmm. taking Georgia Tech. I'm gonna I'm gonna make money on. I'm gonna bet money on. That might be a Florian slip there. I'm gonna bet <laughs> money on Georgia Tech tonight. Uh, Louisville at Kentucky, eleven a.m. We we did so. Louisville's been putting up crazy points. 
Um, Dude, they're they, kind of on what a roll. they did to Syracuse is just not nice. I I agree with you. I, I bet on Syracuse last I week. Know that you was did. a major I, mistake. I, I told you, be careful. I don't know. I know. That was one of those uh, games. This scared. game is is in Lexington. Kentucky beat Louisville at Louisville last year. Lamar Jackson threw what like three picks, fumbled the ball did once. Did not look good. Um, and still, Kentucky only won like what forty one to thirty eight. So. I think Kentucky's good. They got a chance at an eight-win season here. I don't think they can beat Louisville. I don't. I don't think they can keep up with them. If I had to pick, I'm gonna take Kentucky. But it's just home team, and they hate each other. 11 a.m. home game. That's right. Vandy at Tennessee, 3 p.m. on the SEC Network. So while the rest of the country is watching the Iron Bowl, Vandy and Tennessee will be fighting for. Um, Dead last in the SEC East. Vandy's got four wins. Tennessee's got four wins. It's it's the game to decide who doesn't end with eight win or eight losses. You know Tennessee has never lost eight games in a season before in dead, the history of their program. Dead last against Tennessee. I don't think they lose this one either. I saw how hard those that those players fought for Brady Hoke last week. That's, um, they're fired up right now. They, they want Gruden. Yeah, that got so stupid. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, like, did you see the video of the Tennessee fan after the game yeah, that was yelling at John chance, Curry? Uh, yeah, yeah. If maybe. I was John Curry, I'd have turned around and decked that dude. Like, and and I don't think anybody in that's the state you, of Tennessee. That's why, that's why you and I we, can't be can't be ads. We can't hold any public office because we just right. we just slap people. Probably right because that was that's just ridiculous. Like, there was why a are day you doing and this? age where it was appropriate to put your hands on somebody if they needed it, and everybody but, just understood it was justified. If I'm John Curry, I don't get. I'm not in public. <laughs> I don't go out in public until I get this coaching hire done. Period. You think there's any chance of John Gruden actually coming? God, I don't know. I just want him off Monday Night Football. Is that too much to ask? Well, we're getting close to Thanksgiving, and after Thanksgiving is when they're supposed to do the ESPN layoffs. ESPN's supposed to be dropping everybody. He's the highest-paid guy there, and he sucks. So let me ask you a question because multiple people have asked this. Okay. But for some reason, Tennessee fans don't seem to understand it. If there have been our boys from the full cast, shut down full cast, said this stat today. There have been since 2012, okay, not very long ago, five years ago. Okay. I think there are only like eight coaches that have not turned over since 2012 in like all power five jobs. And it's not, it's not, the number shocks you. Okay. Good God. Since 2012. Since 2012. So Sumlin, Saban. I wonder if they're counting um, this year. I wonder if they're counting this year because they're assuming someone. And oh, they're assuming, assuming someone. I, okay. So anyway, but so in the SEC, it's only saving. Yeah. Oh no, the SEC is only saving, and it's it's nine close. So anyway, forget the number. I might be wrong on the number, but it's a it's a crazy small number out of 130 schools. Power five schools. All of these schools, all of these coaching jobs have turned over. Not one school has sniffed John Gruden. Well, Why think, would you think that he would be good at coaching college football if nobody else in the country thinks that he would be good at coaching college football? I haven't figured that out myself, honestly. I don't I, I know. Think that's ridiculous. Now, I want him to get that job so bad just so he'll get off Monday Night Football. Now, if he gets laid off, then I don't want that to happen, and I want them to get somebody good because I think the SEC is more fun when Tennessee is competitive. We we can't. We used to be. Do you think he'd be legends. able to recruit? No, 
none of the kids that he would be recruiting watched him coach. No, but they've all seen him on Monday Night Football. That's, and that's right. I think that's and all he is is a talking head. But that's not – you don't want a commentator to be their head coach. That's crazy. I agree with you. How serious – I completely agree with how you. How serious would you have taken John Madden had he coached your team when you were in high school? You never saw him coach. You didn't know he coached. You got his video game, and you saw the tail end of his announcing career. I think Tennessee fans believe that – his name alone will recruit for him. And Tennessee which is, which is alone fine. recruits. Exactly. You don't need another name. You need somebody who knows how to coach football. Because do, do that's what that, you do. Do we think that Gruden knows how to coach football? I don't know. He was always known as a quarterback guru, but none of his teams ever had good quarterbacks statistically. Yeah. They all had great defenses, and he didn't touch the defense. I think that's well, a red flag. Look, when he was at Oakland, I mean, he turned Rich Gannon into something. No, 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 no. That team was loaded. That team was really good. And Rich Gannon did well. Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. He did well. Made very few mistakes. Yeah. Go look at Brad Johnson's numbers. Oh, I know. Because they weren't good. I know. After that Super Bowl, the Tony Dungy team that he inherited and then blew out the Raiders, his old team, after that, losing season, losing season, losing season, losing season, fired. No, he had – he got fired after two nine and seven seasons. Like, he, he stayed at Tampa Bay for like five years. He had like two losing seasons and three winning seasons. But it was because they, they couldn't get to the playoffs. They couldn't like it, it wasn't losing seasons. They went nine and seven. He's an offensive guy and their offenses suck. Hey, you know the stats that uh are the stat that Tennessee fans are pointing to right now? He was one and oh against Nick Saban. Against the Dolphins. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, all right. I love look, you. Look, Tennis I love I You think Tennessee wins this game? I think Vandy is awful. No, no, I do, but I think they're fired up to play for Brady Hoke. I think Brady Hoke get those guys fired up. I don't think they're. Pre- I don't think it's fired up for Brady Hoke. I think it's just fired up like that. Butch is gone. <laughs> Butch ain't there no more. I, I really think that's it. So I, I think Tennessee probably wins this game because I think Vanderbilt is just garbage right now. Yeah. They're just, and I hate to say that because I like Derek Mason, but man, like God, there's just not very much talent there. They don't have the dudes, man. Um, Texas A&M at LSU. This is your boys. Six thirty p.m. SEC Network. How is this game on the SEC Network? Um, What other games are out there? you got the Notre Dame-Stanford game. That'll be a terrible well, game. Well, that's an ABC Clemson, game. Clemson-South Carolina. That'll be a terrible game. Wait, Clemson-South Carolina is 630 ESPN, which is – I mean, why why is this not on, like, ESPN 2? Yeah, know? I don't I don't know. I don't know what other games are playing. I don't know. The Apple Cup's known at that time. Well, that's on Fox, though. Like ESPN, you know, I know it's is, not on, like, ESPN, but I don't know what the other ESPN game is. It doesn't matter. My boys, I like this game a lot better now that they've publicly fired someone before the game even started saying the game doesn't matter. I think that's dumb. I think you let him go out there and try to make him at least feel like he's coaching for his job. I think, I mean, I Now, do you think there's anything to him saying, well, I need to go broadcast that I can be a good coach still and try to win this game and maybe it'll help me get another job? Uh I mean, that's a good question. I don't know, man. I, it's, oh, my it's God. Weird. You know what the ESPN2 game is? Oh, no. Oregon State and Oregon. I think they had to do this on the SEC Network because it's the only night game. Like, the only SEC night game. That's insane. Has LSU played on the SEC Network this year? No. That's probably it. No, you're, you're probably right. They got to get all of them on there. Yeah. And both yeah. these teams are not playing for anything, really. Anyway, I like my boys to win. Um... I, I like them. I like them. I had a feeling that maybe A and M would be playing for Sumlin, and 
try to get him to save his job and you know teams do that sometimes but no not this go round not now not and we've seen what Texas A&M has done against LSU in the past oh no they've not looked good yeah not looked good all right let's talk some interesting games right quick before we get into the big ones number three Miami at Pittsburgh all right you saw how Miami came out kind of dead all that kind of stuff it was it was early game 11 a.m game in Miami after those two big games Got down fourteen to nothing real quick. They were down twenty eight to fourteen at one point. Came back, won forty four to twenty eight. Now, this is a Friday game. Pitt has been playing a little bit better as of late. Eleven AM on Friday. It's gonna be dreary and dead. It's gonna be cold, cold. in Pittsburgh. Yep. Miami's already looking ahead to Clemson. They just got the number two ranking. I think what happened last week was the perfect outcome to keep Miami from laying down this week. I think if Miami comes out and they beat the crap out of Virginia, they then, could end up getting then, caught sleeping. Then they could get caught sleeping here and they could get slapped down. I think the fact that they were in a dogfight against Virginia, Mark Rick will have those guys fired up, ready to go, and they will not get pushed well, it's, around. It's the perfect example, right? It's like, yeah. hey, you see what happened last That's week right. when you don't listen he's to got, He's got the perfect coaching points. This is exactly what you want to see happen. Yeah. So, I think I think I think Miami's still fine. I think they're still undefeated going into Clemson and in the ACC championship game, and I think it's going to be epic. I think, I think it will be. I think that is going to be the best championship game of them all. I, I think, think you're probably right. I think it's going to be heavyweight banging. I mean, it's it's two top three teams. Yeah. I mean, so long as Clemson and then screw up against South Florida. Or not South Florida, South Carolina. South Carolina. That, that, well, that South Florida brings up the next game. 2.30 p.m. ABC on Friday. South Florida at number 15, Central Florida. Central Florida. I almost, you know I've picked them almost every week. This week I am not. Staying away from this because they, it, look, Quentin Flowers it, and that bunch. The, I the think Bulls. it was like 15. Yeah, it's pretty it's, nuts. It's way bigger. I went in saying if it was double digits, I wouldn't touch. And if it was under double digits, I'm taking Central Florida. And it was, it was, I was thinking. It was like 14 or 15. 10, 10, 11 and a half. No, it was, yeah, it was 14 or 15. It was it, look, South Florida has the players in, in the weird kind of scheme to be able to put up points in this game. Like, I know Central Florida is good, but they have been uh, suspect at giving up yardage. Right, so it, they, I mean, they lead the turnover or they lead the uh, the country in, in turnover margin, I believe. It, you know, this I, is going to be one of the few games where Frost might not be the best coach on the field. Now he might mm, still be. He might I, still be. Oh no! Listen. I know that you love For, Charlie Strong, but you got you got to like, stop. You got to stop thinking about all you saw at Texas because where he, what he did when he was the OC at DC at Florida, and what he did as the head coach at Louisville when Louisville was still Conference USA. Yeah, but he man. was great, unworldly great, great to the level that he got the Texas job. But the Texas job fell to him. No, sir. Like, I, I just, I, I don't know how good he, like, because he wasn't ever really that good. You discredit my man, Charlie Strong. That scares me. He's going to listen to this. He's going to whip their butt. You're going to make me mad. Well, I don't want to make you mad. I just... Oh, no, that line's only 10 and a half. So it is cl- it's a lot closer than I thought it was. It's still over the nine. Still over yeah, the double. Yeah, 10 and a half. Um, turnover margin. Uh, so here's the deal. UCF uh, is plus 16 in turnovers. Yeah, they play in the AAC. And but South Florida is plus eleven, and the and the best team that they've played all year, Memphis 
gave him like five of those turnovers. Gave him five turnovers. Yep. So don't look, that look. Look, it, it, when you look, they're a good team. When you look they're at the numbers, team. When you look at the numbers, these are two incredibly evenly matched teams. If we lived in the world that I want to live in, which is a sixteen-team playoff, this team is in the playoff and they're playing a big boy, and that big boy is crapping their pants for round one, saying, "Why did I have to play these guys?" You know what's nuts to me is they're that twelve seed that's going to make it to the final four. I, I'll say this: Central, uh, South Florida has lost four straight against the spread. Have you figured out how they lost that game to Houston yet? No, but I think Houston's always going to be that school w- with Major Applewhite. I think they are going to beat a team that they they shouldn't be every year, and then they're going to lose a couple of games that they should should win every year. I also think that South Florida went into that game. Boy, they were swinging it. They thought they couldn't be touched, and they got slapped down. Yeah, because they they had just beaten uh, Cincinnati like thirty three to three. They had just beaten and, Tulane. Yeah, on the road, they were coming back home. And that Tulane game was a big win. A bunch of people were picking Tulane to upset them. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I think they just laid an egg, had a bad game. I think that happens. Yeah. Hadn't happened to Central Florida yet, brother. No, it has not. Man, they're good. No, it has not. I'm picking I, them. If we got to pick winners, I'm picking winners. Yeah, well, we're not even going to pick it. But I, I'm not I laying. Take, I'm not Central laying Florida. ten and a half. Uh, let's talk about the big games. You ready? Yeah, let's we, go. We've been at this for a long time now. Let's get a bowl iron. <sighs> number one, Alabama at number six, Auburn. Two thirty p.m. on CBS on Saturday. Look, I mean, you want me to talk about this first? Yeah, go ahead. It's your team. It's your boys. Does it surprise you how many people are on the Auburn bandwagon right now? No. No, they've watched Alabama in two games back-to-back not look good. I think I watched both of those games, and I think they got outplayed. I don't want to care the numbers. I watched the games, and you got outplayed in both those games. But but don't give me the we played great in the end when it mattered. No, I'm not not even going to say that. I'm not even going to say that. I'm just going to say, like, they still won those games. No, sometimes these things, like, I mean (laughs) – Look, everybody is on Auburn right now. Like, they all think that Auburn is just like, oh, this is the year and this is it and whatnot. And, like, if you're Auburn, that's got to scare you a little bit, right? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you don't you don't want ever – you don't want to ever be the hot ticket. But I think these two teams – I don't think any of that stuff matters in these games. I don't think the hot guy that everybody's betting on or whatever, I don't think any of that stuff matters because the year of the – kick six and all this other stuff everybody was on bama and guess what it didn't go their way so that's, that's what i'm saying so just we yeah but but there's been multiple after the kick six everybody's been on bama every year after that and guess what bama's won every year after that yeah so it did like i don't know that you can read anything into this is your boys better than them and are you better enough to be able to beat the crowd at jordan hair because those people believe the fact that the fans believe and people are picking them is going to mean that crowd is going to be ruckus. I'm going to assume that you're going to take Auburn. Ah, uh, you would assume correctly, sir. I own the war damn eagle. Now you know you know which way I got to go. Well, you got to. I got to take and, Alabama. And you're, and and you're I, the right way. You're the right pick. You're the better team, and you've been the better team all year. You got outplayed in two games, and you won both of them. Yeah. Why would you not win this one even if you get outplayed? You're well, still not, the best team in the country. Not only that, but... It, Which I disagree if, if with. Is, I think Miami is. If there's a game that Alabama was going to be fired up for, 
Because LSU, they came in, oh, they they got beat by Troy. Who cares? No, no, I, I, dis- I disagree. State. Don't give me that. No, I'm, me look, that. I'm just I'm, – Sir I'm giving... Nicholas does not allow them to ever overlook anyone. I agree. But if you want to talk about getting up emotionally for a game, it's a whole different story. They'll be up emotionally for this one. Big time. How many people who were hurt are going to be back at the linebacker position? Because I will tell you, the reason everybody's on Auburn is because if that middle is not right, you know they're going to run it down your throat, and there's nothing you can do about it. Because Mississippi State, who's not as good as Auburn at running the football, ran it down your throat. And LSU got positive yards running it down your throat. Yeah, I agree. Now, neither one of us could get big. Now, Mississippi State got several big plays down the field. LSU couldn't get big plays down the field. Thanks, Danny Antley. You still suck. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's different. Christian Miller will, will probably be back for this game. Okay. It looks like Terrell Lewis might be cleared for this game. That's two guys back. Now, Mac Are Wilson. Are those guys healthy? That's the thing. Christian Miller. He says yes. Terrell Lewis, he will be um, like 70%. Around about 70 to 80, which would still be better than the guys that they've got behind them. Behind them right now. I would agree with that. Just because they know the plays. No, they, they know, know the defensive the calls. Defense. They know how to do the checks, yeah. and they know how to run the defense. So that's that's the big – and Mika Fitzpatrick is back to being 100% now. So – that's definitely a, a positive. Oh, that was a hamstring injury, brother. That ain't a hundred percent. I will assure you, nobody after pulling a hamstring is a hundred percent after a hamstring. It wasn't a full pull, though. Don't mind. It, it, it you got a ham- when you have soft tissue problem. You have soft tissue problems. Those don't go away. Okay. I okay. would. I would bet you. I would bet you a side bet that at some point in time he pulls up lame in this game. That's. That's because because hamstrings don't go away. You can't stretch them when you're hurt. Nothing helps but resting them, and you can't hit rest them in two weeks. It's just not possible. Now you may have a point. I, I'm not. I'm not saying I want him to be hurt. I'm not saying I don't want y'all to be be good. It's not. This is not hatred, and you know that. I I've watched football too long. Hamstring injuries probably would scare me more than anything else because it's not. I'm trying to play through the pain. You physically can't make the moves. And when you play linebacker and when you play safety, when you're brought in to play nickelback, you can't you can't do your job. Yeah. There is no, oh, I'm just going to tough it out, coach, shoot it up. That doesn't work that way. Now, you, you might be on to something here. He was the one I was curious about. That's a, he, look, but I would say if he pulls everybody up. Everybody claims that he is back to 100%. If he pulls up, then it's easy. You just pull him out and you put somebody else in and you hope they do their job. Yeah, you don't let him play hurt. No, because he'll get dusted. No, you you got that right. All right, so I'm going to take Alabama here. You're going to take Auburn. Um, number fourteen, Washington State at number eighteen, Washington. Which how weird is this to see Washington State be the higher ranked team here? I love it. Love Seven p.m. It. on Fox, the Mike Apple Leach, Cup, my boy. So you're going Washington State? I'm here. going Washington State. They are going to win the Pac-12. You think they're going to win the Pac-12? Check it. <laughs> they already beat USC once, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. All right, I got Washington in this game. I think they get fired up for this one. They're at home. We've already talked about they this. I've got home. a minus nine here. You gonna be putting money uh, money on the money line? Oh yeah, yeah. No, you know I throw money away. <laughs> yeah, I'm betting on Leach, man. I'm never gonna bet against that guy. I love him. I can understand that. Love him. They're gonna win this game. All right, we're we're going head to head on a lot of this stuff here. 
probably. But I, you know that I don't take chalk ever. I, I go with gut and instincts and hatred. So, the game. The game. God, the game. This is the most ridiculous crap. The 11 a.m. I'm glad that you agree with me on the fact that the word the being the most important word in these tells you how important. Yeah, like the Ohio State. Like, man, come on. That's Just right. Ohio State. That's, that's what I think about your university. Um, is it doesn't matter. The word the is more important than your name. The game. 11 a.m. on Fox in Ann Arbor. Ohio State travels to Harbaugh land. Number nine, Ohio State. Number 24, Michigan. Are they still number 24? I don't know. They might be unranked now. They, they might have gotten knocked out. They might. We got the rankings earlier. I don't know if they're still I don't. I don't remember. But either way. I mean, you you feeling hardball here? I mean, we don't know what's going on with Brandon Peters. He's in concussion protocol. He could be cleared by he'll Saturday. Play. No, he'll play because college football is not pro football, and that man will play. They do not have the rules the NFL has. They stick them back out there. This is an 11.5-point spread. Yes, sir. I, I'm, we're not worried about a spread. We're just picking straight up. I think Ohio State wins the game. I don't think Michigan can throw the football well enough. And I think that Ohio State will absolutely slam the box here. They'll, uh, they'll have eight people in the it'll, it'll be what Mississippi State did to Alabama. Yep. They'll put eight people in the box. They'll say, try and, to beat us. Hey, like whoever you got back there, John O'Corn, Spate, freaking Brandon Peters, doesn't matter. Like, we don't care. We don't think any of your quarterbacks can throw the football. Now, on the opposite side, Michigan might do the same thing. And, was, and, but. It, Ohio State has not done well when they've played against good defenses. This will be one of the best defenses they've played all year. Is Michigan State a good defense? Is Michigan a good defense? Oh, I think Michigan, Michigan, Michigan You were asking State. about Michigan State? No, Michigan State is not a good defense. You don't think so? No, Michigan State is I mean, is the numbers say they are, but like... really ugly football team that wins ugly and loses bad. That's a good point. That's different. That That's different. a good point. Okay. Mich- Let me tell you this. The fighting Harbaugh's are here. They have not done well against rivals. That is a accurate argument and criticism. He cannot beat his rivals. He has not beaten his rivals. Nobody reads his own press clippings like one Jimmy Harbaugh. Nobody loves proving people wrong and sticking it up the butts of everybody that doubted them like Jimmy Harbaugh. Rick Flair is a Michigan man. Tom Brady's a Michigan man. This guy right here loves Michigan men. I'm going with Jimmy Harbaugh and the Wolverines. My boy Les Miles, a Michigan man. I will be maize and blued, ready to go. They're going to win this game. Upset alert. They're going to crush the spirit of enjoy the holiday bowl, Ohio State. You got three losses and you're a bum. I'm a big Ohio State here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Michigan, but I don't like them enough to win this game. I think that Ohio State's got more talent. Like, and, oh, and, no, no one's going to argue with that. And Urban Meyer, like, you're not going to tell me that Jim Harbaugh is a better coach than Urban Meyer. Oh, I believe that. I, we will have a conversation one day that you will probably disagree with me on, but I think in any other sport, if you tried to do what if, – if one school did what Nick Saban and Urban Meyer does – and everybody else plays by different sets of rules by their own choice because of their athletic budgets. Yeah. Nobody would say the people that have every advantage in the world are the better coaches. They would say they have a better situation. 
Now, that's blasphemy for me to say Saban is not the best coach in the country. But if you looked at – we're going down this rabbit hole now. I apologize for this. The fact that he gets all the best players, Ohio State, Nick Saban, they have special analysts now because you're not allowed to have coaches. So we're going to hire coaches, and we're going to call them something else because we live in a world where semantics is more important than the letter of rules and the, and the meaning of rules, which is the dumbest thing in the world for me, thanks to our boy Thomas Mars and other attorneys. <laughs> um, this is Not that Mars has ever done that. But he's just an attorney, and he's guilty by association. There you go. Uh, nobody in the world would say, if you give this one team, if you give this one coach all of these advantages and everybody else plays with these deficiencies and they hang with these schools or lose to them all the time, in any other sport in the world, we would discredit what they're doing. We would absolutely say what they're doing doesn't matter. They're playing by a different set of rules. Okay. It's not apples to apples, so it doesn't matter. All right. And so our is – is Urban Meyer? I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to create a thought here without being just, just, just stupid. Is Urban Meyer a better coach than Jim Harbaugh? I'm going to say no, because with all those advantages, he goes into a place like Iowa, and he gets blasted. Yeah, I'm I, saying I he allows a team that has played very mediocre defense all season in Oklahoma to come to his house and blast him. A, shut him down defensive, offensively, and B, the other team's offense, his defense was supposed to be the best in the country. Move over Alabama and Clemson, it's Ohio State. We have an NFL-level defense. Got smoked. And you've got all these advantages but, that Oklahoma but doesn't have. Didn't Michigan also get smoked at Penn State? Yeah, but Michigan and Penn State's an even. But I'm not saying Michigan and Penn State. We're comparing two schools that are very equal in how they do things. You you can't say I want to be different and I want to do things different than everybody else and spend more money and have more coaches and have more specialists and bend all these rules and get way better players than everybody else. You can't say I want to do all this and then say, well, look, those other schools did the same thing we did. We should all be equal. No, when you lose, it's worse. When you lose, it means more. That's a, that's a very true and your statement. wins mean less. If I go beat up a bunch of six year olds, it doesn't mean anything. I could go undefeated. I could have a Manny Pacquiao style, you know, record if I if I was a boxer and I got to handpick all my opponents. If I get to play by different you rules, mean like, you mean like Floyd Mayweather? Well, yeah. Well, no, but but he he just took the money there. That wasn't a handpicking. What are you talking about, McGregor? Well, no, he, Manny or uh, Pacquiao. Pacquiao. No, he, he waited until Pacquiao was on the back end of his career. Well, I, I'm, but any, Pacquiao did a lot of what I love. Pacquiao. Pacquiao did Pacquiao a lot of the same. Fought thing. a lot of people that he knew he could beat. Yeah. Mayweather fought a ton of people he knew he could beat. Your records mean nothing once you get past this point of celebrity and you're just handpicking stuff. Anyway, I'm, I'm making comparisons that are getting confusing. Ohio State and Alabama are obviously playing by different rules in the country. Nobody argues it. Nobody debates it. Nobody brings it up. So if, if Ohio State has all of those advantages, then... They should win all of these games. They should never lose to Iowa, who hasn't scored 50 if you add their entire total points up against everybody else together, and get beat 55. Yeah. that You can't allow that to happen and then say, well, we only got two losses and we win our conference, and so therefore we should be in the national championship game. So you're taking Michigan? I'm taking Michigan. I'm going to take Ohio State. And I really hate Ohio State. <laughs> 
I don't like Ohio State either, but I just I think they got the better football team here. Um, You're right. I understand it's in Ann Arbor. Mm, don't think it matters. Like I'm, I'm gonna go with the numbers here. Like you know me, I'm a numbers guy. That's what I, I do. I Metrics say Ohio State. Ohio State's been rolling people. The only numbers I like are the numbers at the records. Yeah, even that has Ohio State. I'm talking about our win loss records. I go with gut, and you go with numbers. Oh, you're talking about, but yeah, but you're straight up. I'm 52 and 30. You're 48 and 34. You take all chalk and no risk. I, I take, take a risk. lot of risk. The fact that I'm even in this conversation should. This is the conversation of we're playing by different <laughs> rules. My wins mean more because I take risk. I you're d- taking every favorite in the book. I don't take every. Every favorite in the book you take. You can't say, well, look at my overall record. Their teams are supposed to win. All right, so last week, Wisconsin, Memphis, Texas A&M, Notre Dame. All favorites. No, Texas A&M was an underdog. Oh, okay. Uh, Let's see. Miami, Oklahoma, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama. All favorites. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Your two losses there were Were the two dogs. The week before that, uh, I took Virginia Tech, who was a favorite. Oklahoma State, we both took that. They were underdogs. Alabama, Clemson, USC. All favorites. I'll be damned. Gary. Oh, God. I went one and four in, uh, let's see, on the October 28th weekend. The only dog you took there was Ohio, uh, Penn State over Ohio State. No, I took uh, West Virginia over Oklahoma State. Oh, that was a dog, too. We both right. took uh, so TCU. Took I took NC State as an underdog over Notre Dame. Uh, and then we both took Georgia. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so, yeah, I've taken some dogs. I just I don't take that many. I, I take a I, lot every week. You want to know what I do? I don't take chalk. I take the team that I think is going to win. That's fine. And that's a smart play. I'm honest about that. Let's talk about this. Number two, Clemson. At newly ranked, number 23, South Carolina. South Carolina's eight and three. They're looking for a nine win season. You predicted that South Carolina would be nine and three. I did. I now did. you also said that they would be the SEC. Well, East I didn't champion. know that Georgia was going to go eleven and one. Well, they ain't eleven and one yet. But well, I didn't they, know they were going to be ten and one. <laughs> but, but other than that, I had I had South Carolina being real good this year. And if it's not for Georgia's ten and one, South Carolina's winning that conference. Well, winning the division. division. Sorry. Um, but yeah, uh, look, it's at South Carolina. It's in Columbia, six thirty. It's a night game on ESPN. Everybody in the world, if you if you go back and look at the records of this, when people say you can throw the records out of the of the rivalry games, they don't matter. That's bullcrap. They matter. Every team that's been good that year usually wins the rivalry game too. This is the one rivalry exception. Yeah, it's always a little weird. South Carolina was mediocre for a couple of years with Clowney and and Spurrier. They were good, but they weren't great. Clemson was on their rise to greatness, and every year for like five, six years straight, South Carolina beat them, and some of those years beat the crap out of them. And you're talking double-digit 20-point spreads. Have we talked about Jadavion Clowney before? Like when he committed to Steve Spurrier, he told him, I will not lose. I won't lose to Clemson. I won't lose to Clemson. Like, period. And when he made that statement, South Carolina was not the Steve Spurrier competing for the SEC East South Carolina that we remembered. 
He was a part of why they competed for the East. You know what's nuts? Clowney, when they had Clowney, they went 11, like they had 11 wins every, every year. year. Oh, it's unbelievable. And never won the SEC East. Well, it's because they, oh, they won it. No, they played once. Not with not with Clowney. Oh, that wasn't with Clowney. That's right. That was with that Stephen was, Garcia. That was the year after Clowney. That, no, that was the year before. That was 2010. Oh, it was the year before. That's right. No, that was yeah. Garcia got drunk. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Like, and, and they won the SEC East with three losses. Like, this bunch went eleven and two like every year. Steve Spurrier just got so screwed. He just couldn't beat Florida at the right time. Like he he would. I mean, he was beating Florida, but but the it was years Georgia the and, years that he would lose to Florida, Florida would play. The years that he would lose to Georgia, Georgia would play. The years that he would lose to Missouri, Missouri would play. Well, there was uh, God. There was like one their year? one or two losses was always to the team that played in the championship game, and they just happened to have the. the there was record. one year that I nobody had a better just, record than. Well, that. no, he he went undefeated in the East, and he he was calling for it to just be divisional record. That's right, because he won all six games in the East, lost the two. Like he beat Georgia, beat he lost Florida, beat everybody. I, was and he that lost, the year he like lost Alabama to LSU? and LSU. I, I think he had to play both of us in one year. I do remember that. I remember That's, that he had that, two. That might have been two thousand eleven. Yeah. He he had to play both of them, and he was just like, "This you can't do that." Yeah, it was it was pretty crappy. Either way, let's talk about this game. Uh, South Carolina it, still don't know if they can really score. I really don't know if they can score against Clemson. No, Clemson got um, defense. All right, so you're you're taking Clemson here. I mean, this is one of the, all right. Look, I'll tell you this: one of my buddies sent me a screenshot today, and he took a parlay that I told I've told him forever: do not bet. Parlays. Why you're throwing away money? He it's said. Tough. He said, hard. "Look, if madness ensues, if chaos ensues, I'm gonna be on the right side." His parlay was South Carolina and Ole Miss on the money lines. Well, you don't that, you don't look, parlay look, them. Look, what you do is you just bet them on the money line. He he bet both of them on the money line because all you need is one of them to come through and he'll pay for everything else. He, well, that's what he did. I've done that. He put ten bucks on on each money line. Okay, and he and did ten bucks on parlay. the parlay. And dude, the parlay, yeah. these numbers are so high. If he bet ten bucks on a parlay for money line on both South Carolina and Ole Miss, yeah. if he wins, that joker pays off at like a hundred seventy dollars. Pretty good. Lick. I was like, God, pretty good. Lick. I like South Carolina, man. I'm telling you, this is going to be a game where I will be betting money on this game. And I will be betting the under. I just don't think Clemson's going to score. I think South Carolina's only chance to win this game is to play a defensive field goal game. Yeah. That's it. Field position, kick field goals, and that's it. I think I think they can do that. Are you going to take South Carolina? I'm going to take South Carolina. Give them really? to me. Give them to me. I'll take a dog. You know who I'm taking. Uh, you're taking Clemson. That's it. Since you're going to accuse me of taking chalk. chalk. Well, I mean, I'm it's not an chalk. accusation when I'm watching it. That's true. I mean, it's true. I'm taking talk here. There's no, there's no accusations. All right, let's talk about this. This is one of our bets of the week. Yeah. Number eight, Notre Dame at number twenty-two, Stanford, seven p.m. on ABC Saturday night. One Notre of my Dame, best, one Notre, of my best five best bets of the week. Notre Dame is playing for a ten-win season. Stanford doesn't really matter. They're just waiting for the Apple Cup to figure out if they're going to be in the Pac-12 championship or not. Um, I like Notre Dame here. Stanford's offense is is like, terrible without love. Even with love, they're not great. Notre Dame's really good at stopping the run. If Notre Dame doesn't turn the ball over, they they don't even play close games this year other than Miami. I, give me Notre Dame. They're going to win this game. Yep, I agree. I agree. All right, we've been at this for over an hour now. Let's uh, let's go ahead and jump in the NFL games really quick. Um, we got three games to discuss. Let's go on and do that. 
Thursday, Thanksgiving, 11.30 a.m. game on Fox. The first game that you were going to see on Thanksgiving Day, the Vikings at the Lions. Vikings are two and a half point, or what, three point, three, I think at this point. Yeah, three point, dog, three point uh, favorite, favorite now. Um, look, we all like the Lions at home on Thanksgiving, but the, the truth of the matter is they lose at home on Thanksgiving a lot because the Lions have been awful for years. They The Lions need this game. I don't think they got the the dudes to be able to line up with the Vikings right now because the Vikings have what the first or second best rush defense in, and it doesn't matter because the Lions just don't run the football. They don't run the football at all. But but I don't think that, like I think the Vikings' pass defense is really good as well. Stafford better be careful. And Case Keenum is is the dude right now. He's playing really good, playing outside of his mind. I think the Vikings are better at every aspect of the game. I think they're better at coaching. I think they're better at defense. I think they're better at offense. I think they're better at special teams. I think they're a better team. At every point in the game, there is no reason for me to think the Lions can win this game. Next game, Sunday, Broncos at the Raiders, 325 on CBS. Loser leaves town. You think, though? I think that's why we put this game in here, because it's not a typical biggest game that we would put in because both teams have losing records and whatnot but the Broncos are three and seven your boy Paxton Lynch is matters. starting this week uh it, yeah the like you said loser leaves sound like a loser I, has I think, no chance of making the playoffs yeah period. I think this is I think this game is over I think this is that not surprising that the God. Raiders have have turned into this like you saw how bad they were last week I, I'm gonna tell you something that I did not think before the season started I was way 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 high on dude your boy Mark Cooper is garbage. Yeah, he he doesn't look good this year. I don't know. What I'm wondering happened. if he's hurt, maybe no. or, or something. Being hurt does not mean getting hit in the face with the ball and not being able to catch it. I agree. That's the difference. Like if you can't run routes and you're struggling to get open, we're having a different conversation. That dude is leading the league in drops, and it's not close, man. It's not close. There are bad wide receivers out there that are making him look bad. He cannot catch. I'm going to take the Raiders in this one. They're at home. Yeah. Uh, and and the Broncos have shown me absolutely nothing. So we agreed a couple weeks ago that you give up 90 points in two weeks, you, you get to stop saying you're the no-fly zone. Yeah. Right, that that has to yeah. happen. Well, I don't even know if they have to be the no-fly zone in this game. Yeah, we made a decision. I'm with you. I think if you're smart and you're the Raiders, you run the ball down their throat. You give a heavy dose of Marshawn Lynch straight down their throat over and over and over again until they can stop it. That's enough time spent on that game, I think. Like, yes, sir. Don't let's, you think? Let's get to the best game of the weekend. Saints at the Rams. 8-2 and two Saints, 7-3 and three Rams, 325 p.m. on Fox. Two weeks in a row, my Saints play my Rams. Last week, my Rams played my Vikings. The Vikings are about to go on a run. I mean, the, the Rams are about to go on a run that most teams don't have to do. I think they still have Philly on the schedule. This is insane. Yeah, it's, it almost doesn't seem this fair. This is madness right here. But it also kind of gives you an idea of, like, well, maybe they had, like, kind of an easy opening stretch. No, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. They went to Dallas, and they beat up on Dallas with Zeke when Dallas was beating up on folks. I mean, that's not easy, okay? I mean, you got a point there. They went to Washington. We both like Washington. We both think Washington's a good team. Oh, Washington came there. They lost that game. So, the, yeah, the Rams right. got absolutely embarrassed on the road at the Vikings last oh, week. 24-7 to in that game. Case um, Keenum made them look bad. This is the, the, the remaining schedule for the Rams. All right, you ready for this? Yes, sir. At home against New Orleans, at Arizona, 
at home against Philly. I knew they had Philly. At Seattle, at Tennessee, and then at home against San Francisco. Everybody they play but two games left on the six-game schedule has a winning record. Two of them are the division leaders. It's pretty crazy. And Seattle is the other team in their division that's fighting for the division lead. Yeah. That's insane. They're going to play three playoff games before well, the four, playoffs. Four, really, because Tennessee's going to be fighting for their division. Well, yeah, Tennessee. that's right. Tennessee will be fighting for their division. Man, that's cra- this schedule has caught up to them. I don't I, think they're going to lose all these games. You know I, I love the Saints. The but Saints you have know, won eight games in a row. We, we've you, talked about this. All good things must come to an end. And it almost came to an end. This like Their comeback against uh, against the Redskins was insane. I, I almost thought, you know what, just going to lose this stupid game. Because just, I put money on them. I know. Like, I had a minus seven and a half, and they should have. There was no reason why the Redskins, with all of these injuries, should have ever been in that ball game. Redskins like, fight like hell. I got to give Kirk Cousins some credit. They, like, that dude is legit. They they better pay that man. Somebody's going to pay him if they don't. Whew. Somebody's going to pay him. That dude is legit. So you know how I listen to the Tony Kornheiser show all the time, right? And they're from D.C. and they got D.C. followers. I mean, the D.C. beat writer that comes on his show said straight up, do not be surprised if the Redskins tag him again. That means they will pay him $36 million for one year. Why would you tag him cap. and not just... Because like, he won't take an offer from you. I don't think he would. I think they could offer him the highest paid contract in football. I don't think he would take it because somebody else is going to offer him a contract, maybe not as much, but but they would have treated him a lot better than yeah, Washington's treating him. That makes sense. I think if you offer him a deal, he says no. If you tag him, he doesn't have a choice. Okay. He signs it or he doesn't play. Now that makes sense. That and makes so sense. that means they will pay him, I think, close to around 36 mil for one year. Which means they would have paid him, what, over oh, 100, 100 million over uh, four years? No, well over. Not not over. I mean, it's... Like 120 over four I think years? it's more than that. This year, I think, is 25, 26 million. Last year was over 20 million. So just in those three years, you're getting... You're over a hundred mil. No, you're not. No, you're no, no. Cl- I, I you're think... really close. Yeah, you're probably right. Hundred twenty million for four years. When you could have just offered him a contract, maybe two thirds of that more, or two thirds of that contract, like and, and locked him up. Yeah, for the five whole or thing's just years? bananas. Whole thing's bananas. Are you taking the Rams uh, against I, the Saints here? I think I am. I don't like. Man, this is the hardest game to pick, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Rams with you. So we're we're going the same way on all these games. Yep. All right, so here's uh, here's our rundown on our straight-up picks. I've got Alabama, Washington, Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame. Chris has got Auburn, Washington State, Michigan, South Carolina, and Notre Dame. Every dog in the book but Notre Dame. And we all have uh, the Vikings, Raiders, and the Rams. Yes, sir. This is fun. Long one. Sorry, guys. It's, hey, you know what? It's, it's driving stuff. We rambled. We, well, we, but we had interesting yeah, interesting topics to discuss. I can't go short when I go hard on the NCAA. Yeah, I know. We, we, we spent got, over 20 minutes on be, that. It's got to be said. Have yeah. a good Thanksgiving, dudes. Absolutely. Be good. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551 226 9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team or praise us, 
or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.